It's a good morning. It's a really good morning, isn't it? Let me just, uh, I just want to put my chips on the table to start with so we're all on the same page and y'all will understand as the service goes on kind of where we're headed, why we're heading there, and um, kind of why I sent you if you read your emails, and I don't read emails, so if you send them to me, I didn't read them this week, but uh, someone did. That's awesome. So, um, but if you read the email this week, uh, just to kind of help you understand what's going on, this is the kind of the series that we've circled for a long time because um, we had ghost stories ready to do a couple months ago, and then it just it just like flowed. It worked, and I was like, "Holy cow, this is awesome!" And we knew that it was what God wanted us to do. And we were like, "This is crazy." So I've had these messages written. For over a month, into December, I had these messages written. And I've, I think about them the week of after I write them out. I go back and I really work on it the week of. And so, um, but it's unusual for me to work on a message like preparing the week of because I'm looking ahead. And so um, last Saturday, I started feeling uneasy. And I was like, what in the world is wrong with me? I'm, I love to preach. It's my favorite thing in the whole world to do. I don't know why I'm feeling uneasy. Then Sunday night, I couldn't sleep. Monday night, I couldn't sleep. Tuesday night, I couldn't sleep. Wednesday during the day, the staff and I talked about it, and as we were hashing it out, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not stressed. Nothing's wrong. I don't know what the deal is. And I finally just said, all right, God, this message is yours. This message is yours, and we're going to bring it like we're supposed to bring it today. So I'm just giving you all this because I love you, but I'm not apologizing again after this moment, okay? (laughs) This is not an apology. This is just the truth. I have fought God on this message. Because I love you. Listen carefully. I'm serious. Because I dearly, dearly love you. And I'm probably, just to put all my cards out, I'm not going to cry. I'm probably going to cry at the end of the message. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm serious. Okay? I've cried when I've told people about this. I sought wise counsel this week and I cried. So I'm just laying my cards on the table and I'm done. But just know this. If you believe that I am talking about you specifically, that's the Holy Spirit and not me because I fought this tooth and nail because I love you. And here's the other reason. I might as well just tell the complete truth, right? And because we finished our budget and we've looked at it and we've realized that it's going to cost us a little more than $1,000 a week more starting in April than it did last year. And the dumbest thing in the whole world for me to do is what I'm going to do today. Because here's what we're doing today is we're drawing a line in the sand and saying enough's enough. This is where God wants us to go, but not us like, let's rally the troops and let's go get them. Us like individually in our homes. This is what God wants for us. And so in just a few minutes, you're going to completely understand, I think, why I was wrestling so hard with God, but I really am. I need y'all to know this. After that somber opening, I want y'all to know, man, I'm serious. I've been more pumped up about this sermon series and this message. By the way, how can you not get pumped up with that bumper video, right, and our worship this morning? So I'm pumped. And I'm ready. So this is what I'm asking for y'all to do. This is what I'm asking for y'all to do. Please, 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 for me, don't do this for anybody else and don't do it for me. (laughs) For you and God, think about this message today. Where are you with God? Don't worry about your neighbor, even if it's your spouse. This is you and God. End of story. So I'm asking y'all to take notes. I don't always push this, but I'm asking y'all today to take notes and I'm just believing God's going to do something crazy. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to jump in. God, this morning, um, it's yours. So (laughs) whatever happens, we're trusting you. And um, God, I really believe, God, that today's going to be a day we look back years from now and say that was the day that you changed our church forever. You changed our homes forever. 
And it, it was a starting point of something that had to take place in our lives. And so, God, whatever it is, whatever the reasoning is, and we're, we trust you, and we're excited. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Transformers. Uh, Transformers, I think a lot of you guys probably saw the bumper video and thought we were going to use Optimus Prime and all the cool stuff, but we're actually using, we're actually using this guy back here. If you can see it, this is a small, heavy Transformer. Not those big dudes, Transformers that some of y'all have in your yard if your house was built long ago enough um, that I used to play on as a kid. Those the big Transformers. Transformers come in all different shapes and sizes. But here is what a Transformer is. Just so you guys know, Transformers are an electrical device consisting of essentially, excuse me, consisting essentially of two or more windings found from the same core or yoke. Now, I need y'all to remember core or yoke and two windings. Why is that important? Why is two windings important? If it only has one, why does it need to go out, right? If, it, if it's just one, it's consistent, it's fine. The more I read on this, the more interested I was. Body, mind, and soul is what you're made of, right? That's what you're made of. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I hope y'all remember that. If you didn't know this, this isn't spiritual, you have a body, you have a mind, and you have a soul, but you're not necessarily a transformer because you have two or more windings. In you is three things, and in the same yoke, Y'all just, just keep that in the back of your mind, yoke or core, which by electromagnetic, now I think this, this part's amazing, not 100%, not not but almost 100% of transformers have to be drawn by magneticism. It has to have a pull to it, and then it throws it out, right? But, but it, it dumbs it down. It doesn't, the, the amount of, of energy that it's bringing in is almost never the amount that it throws out, but it has to have a, a thing that is pulling it in Pretty crazy how it ties in with us. Induction transforms electric energy from one set of one or more circuits to another, such as freak, the frequency, excuse me, of the energy that remains unchanged while the voltage and current usually change. And so I want to show you a picture of the inside of a transformer and kind of explain to you what this is, but, but stay with me. Think about you as we're thinking about this. Don't think about the electrical transformers, okay? Think about you. Think about your insides, what makes up who you are. Because we're going to talk about this in a second, but, but everyone has a soul or a will, right? You, you have a strong will. Some of you have strong wills. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Some of us, if you have a strong will, kid, you know you got to try whatever you got to try to break that will, right? And then the will controls the mind and the mind controls the body. And we're like, how do these windings work, right? I don't, I don't get how, how I think that I want to do one thing and yet I'm pulled in another direction and my body ends up doing things that is crazy and I don't get what all this stuff's happening in my mind and what's going on and ah, right? And if y'all don't ever feel that way, praise God, right? Because I feel that way basically every day of my life, right? So, so, so this is why it works this way. Just look at this. This is crazy. This is, <clears throat> this is one example of the core of a transformer and how it works in circular motion and how it pulls in and pushes out, pulls in and pu pushes out. This is what I found so fascinating about the transformer is, is the internal guts, and they look different in all kinds of different ones. And next week, we're going to talk about different kinds of transformers and how that ties into us. But no matter what kind of different transformer it is, it has to have something that's pulling it in and then something that is throwing it out. And that inside of it, what it is made of, is the core or the yoke. Now, in a small electrical device, 
small electrical device. The yoke is the, like for instance, a receptacle. The yoke is the little dudes that you screw. They're the little tabs that hold it together. But, but as y'all know, a yoke is like something that clings to or holds to. And in this case, I was like, why is this a yoke or a cord? And it's just the internal stuff. It's what holds it all together. And I, I, don't, I can't open this up to show you the yoke on the inside. Or if I could, I'm not going to because it weighs over 100 pounds and I don't feel like lifting it. So let's just all be real. But, but, like, but, but I want you to think about this. What is it? Not necessarily like fibers and, and all the, the scientific things, but what is it that's holding you together? What is it that your insides are made of? What is it that, that pulls your will, listen, pulls your will, pulls your soul, pulls your everything that you are, and then what drives you to go out? And, and I don't mean like we raise our white flag time because that song is so awesome. But I mean like in reality. <clears throat> I mean like when we leave on Sunday mornings and when we go home. And when, we, when we're hanging out with our wives or our husbands or the person we're living with or whatever the case may be, when we're going to school, right, we drive back to school, or whatever it is, what is it that's pulling us? What is it that makes up your core? Because here's the crazy thing about God, and I've, I've really tried to figure this thing out, and I really can't. I don't get why God chooses to allow us to be who we are, right? We, he, doesn't, he doesn't stand up and go, nope, this person, He's, that's not who he is. And yet, what I do know, what, this is what I know, I just don't know how it works and I don't get it all, but I know that that's because God loves for us to say, you know what, I can choose whatever I want to choose to be yielded to or to be pulled by. No matter what, I can do whatever I want to do. It's crazy. This is the wrestling match that I've had. I get to be what I want to be, and I can't change any of you, but I can look at myself in the mirror and say, I am becoming this because I am being pulled by this, and I no longer want to be that. And it brings God glory when his people raise our white flags and surrender all to him. It really does. That is the thing that brings God glory more than anything else is when his people lay down and say, above everything, above my kids, above my spouse, above my job, above everything, above accolades and money, above everything, I choose to worship God. And so this morning, this morning, I want to give you guys two things, two, two points. And guys, I'm telling you, this is for a pastor. This is like softball pitch, home run, easiest, one of the simplest passages to preach in the world. And, and I was ready for it. And I'm excited. We're going to preach through... Um, we're going to look at Romans 12, these whole four weeks, and it's just amazing how it flows. It's like Paul knew that there were going to be transformer currents. I'm pretty sure they didn't have these 2,000 years ago. I don't know that for sure. Someone that are historians can tell me this. I'm pretty sure they didn't have electricity back then. I think it came around a little bit later. But it's like he knew what was going to happen. He set it up for us. It was, it's like a layup for us. But then the end is what I believe God has for our church. And so there's two things that I want to give y'all this morning. And if you please, please take notes. Write these down because I'm telling you, I think you'll look back at these and say, holy cow, this is what I need for my life. So the first thing is grateful sacrifice. Grateful sacrifice. <clears throat> that sounds really weird, by the way. Especially when you really consider what the word sacrifice means in the verse that we're going to look at today. But please write down grateful sacrifice. The first thing, in order for me to be a transformer, this is the recipe, by the way. I didn't give this full... If you want to be a transformer in your life, if you want to make a difference for God, these are the, this is the recipe. Two things that I must do. 
It's simple. Paul said it. This is not my words. First thing is you have to be, you have to gratefully sacrifice. So what do we sacrifice? Romans chapter 12, excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. So so I want y'all to see this in chapter 11 in Romans. This is what he's reviewing. This is what he's looking back toward. He said that you and I, if we're Christians, you and I are grafted into the faith. We're allowed to be part of his family, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did, we're allowed to be part of it. And so right then, right there, after this, after this, he gives an appeal and he says, look, so as a result of this, I'm appealing to you not to just say with your mouth that you're a Christian, but to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, this word sacrifice is so interesting because we think of it as it's a sacrifice for me to get up and go to church because this is a day off. But that's not how they thought of sacrifice. As a matter of fact, this was still in the age that you went to the temple and you sacrificed and it was disgusting. Right? It was so gross. If, if y'all don't know about sacrifices, this is why it was gross, and I'll save you with a lot of the details. But like, I used to think they would build, the, you know, the, the altar was made of 12 stones. They would go in, and they would do all their thing, and I thought they laid a goat down, and they did a little slit in the throat, and it's all good. It's weird. They poured the blood. It was like a disgusting, gross, chop it up, like blood over everywhere, out loud, noisy, screaming animals event. Like, that's weird, Ugh, right? It's not just like, if you could just sacrifice this dead, like it's over, like that's not, that's not that weird. It's a little bit weird, but that's not that, right? It, but this is like on purpose blood because Hebrews says without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness and that's why that had to happen, but it's still weird. So, so this is what he's called to do. Listen, Jesus was that. Jesus shed that much and more blood for us. And then he says this, you don't have to die. You don't have to die with your life. You have to die with your body. Your body is no longer yours. Your body was bought with a price is what 1 Corinthians says. It's no longer yours. And so your body has to be sacrificed for God. And it's not weird and cutting yourself in like some people do. This is today and tomorrow and the next day. I gratefully sacrifice saying this will no longer be controlled. My flesh will no longer be controlled by me. I sacrifice myself Every single day for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain is what Philippians chapter one says. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It is no longer mine. I take up my cross daily and follow him. And Paul gave reason after reason why this was it. This is, this is what we are called to do. And yet this is what we say. Yeah, but I went to church Sunday morning, Pastor Mark. Like that's my, that's my sacrifice. Or <clears throat> when it comes to my body, how far does this go, right? I mean, what about tattoos? That's what everybody wants to know. I don't know why when people talk to pastors, they think it's a good idea to ask about tattoos and like piercings and all these Old Testament things and are these right or wrong? And (laughs) this is what I'll say about that. I'm going to get to that in just a minute, but it's not talking about that. That's not what it means. It means where and how Do you use this shell that God gave you for the glory of God? During the course of a week, I don't know what your week looks like on a typical fashion. I can can 
investigate and find out, but I choose not to because I got plenty of things to worry about on my own. For some of you, I do know because you've come to me. But listen, what is it during the course of the week that you do or say that shows with this, that shows God glory, that gives him glory, that, that, that appears to the outside world? And stick with me because you'll get this in a second. That we've raised our white flags. And I've thought about this so much. And I was good on this part, by the way. <clears throat> I've thought about this so much, and I'm like, yeah, I've, I've preached this so many times. And I do it for a while. Listen, isn't this what we do? I do it for a while. Two weeks after a message or something, we go to like a camp when you were growing up, if you grew up in church. And I'm a living sacrifice to God. And I say, this is, I know this is the recipe for growing, for becoming more like Christ, for not staying where I am or believing that salvation is a get out of hell free card, but it's also freedom in him and being not in a yoke that is, that is slavery, but a yoke that is freedom. But doesn't that kind of seem like the opposite of freedom? This is the tension here. Doesn't that seem like it's not freedom? It's like, like, you're supposed to sacrifice you, okay? But this is freedom. This is awesome, right? At the start, it's like, that's crazy, bro. That's a little bit weird. I know it's tense in here, but y'all can talk to me. Please relax, have fun. Y'all are allowed to talk to me. That's a good time to say, you right? Right? It's weird. It's weird. It's tension. It's awkward. That's the sign language for awkward, by the way. I'll find out for sure when April's here if that's really true, but I was told it was, so y'all just go with it. But that's weird. That's hard. And, and it starts right here. Paul starts it with, hang on a second. Now that you've read these first 11 chapters and you're beginning to understand what I'm trying to tell you, offer your bodies to God because this is your worship that I'm calling you to do. No longer let this be glorified to you, but let this be glorified to him. And you can answer the question if you're allowed to tattoo or pierce yourself. If it's glorifying to God, then that's awesome. If it's not, not awesome. If anybody wants to know where I find that answer, it's Acts chapter 15 that I'm going to hit on in a minute, the Jerusalem Council, and I'll help you with that in a second. But the first thing that we have to do, first thing that we have to do is a grateful sacrifice. Let me just hit on grateful real quick. Before we move on, so many of us are willing to sacrifice but it's certainly not with gratitude. And most of the time, the person that we're willing to sacrifice is not ourselves. I'm willing to sacrifice you, and I can show you how to change, but the last person that I'm willing to show how to change is that mirror that I have to stare at every single morning. When that becomes <clears throat> who I gratefully am willing to sacrifice to God every day by saying, God, I know you don't want to kill me. You want freedom for me, but this is yours. This is not mine, and I walk in your freedom. And I'm not thinking about Leah and how I should change her. Isn't that what we do to our spouses? We try to fix them. What if we were start becoming who God wants us to become? I think that would make our homes really cool. I think that would change a lot. So the first thing that we have to do is grateful sacrifice. And now the second thing that we're called to do is complete surrender. <clears throat> complete and total surrender. Pastor Mark, how does this happen how do I totally surrender? After I've gratefully sacrificed, isn't that enough? Like, isn't that a surrender? No, because here's the thing. He starts with your body, and then he hits your mind and your soul. Remember the yoke and, the, and, and how the transformer works and how it all has to be wound together, and one can't be doing one thing and the other the other, and, and it, it, like, it pulls in, and what pulls in pulls out. Well, here's the deal. He kind of goes backwards on purpose. 
Because you can have your body in the right place and your mind in the right place and your will be off and everything's off, isn't it? Y'all know because y'all have been there. You've walked out of messages before and said, I'm going to get right. And you've made New Year's resolutions to not blank, not fill in the blank, not do this anymore. And you've had it in your mind and had it in your body that you're not going to do it. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And you lose five and then you gain five back and you never look back and do it. Or like me. I've lost a lot of weight, but then I gained five back. I hadn't lost the five back, and I'm like, I'm good, right? If y'all have ever been a little bit on the heavy side, like this guy right here, we're a club. It's all good. Big, big boys unite. But if you've ever been like that before, you know that this is what we do, right? I've just gained five. It's no big deal. You step on the scale again, I'm still not quite the 10. Y'all are two months into it. I'm not, I'm not even the 10 pounds yet. I can lose that easy. Get back off. Get back off. Ooh, snap. That's 15. That's, what, that's the freshman 15. Some of y'all remember that one. And then a year later, you step back on the scale and you go, what? I got those 40 back. What happened? And it's because the body is controlled by the mind, is controlled by the will, and we don't have willpower to stand up and say, I've got to exercise and stop my butt eating sugars. And stop my tail eating the fried chicken. Come on. And all the good stuff that I love and I wish I could eat. And why is it not diet food? Why have they not figured out how to make that stuff diet yet? Thank you. Praise Jesus. All y'all talking about, we need to eat right. Well, make the eat right taste good and then we'll eat right. All right. Praise God. We should close right there. That should be enough. <clears throat> but complete surrender is the surrender of the soul. And here's, here's how Paul told us to do it. Do not be conformed. I need you to circle this in your Bibles, to highlight it in your iPad, iPod, IP, or whatever y'all pod. P is weird. If you have an IP, I need to know about that. But like, whatever, whatever it is, highlight this word and highlight this word because that's what we're fixing to hit on for the last couple minutes. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. How did he say to renew my mind? By, by the mercies of God. That is the, the vehicle in which I, I give my body and my mind and my soul, right? This is by viewing God's mercies. And, and that's him not giving us the punishment that I deserve. I deserve hell. I deserve separation from God forever and ever. And then when I wake up in the morning, this is how I do it. You do whatever you want to do. Please do take a shower. But when I get up, I look at God in the mornings and I say, God, today, honest to God, this is what I did. I don't get why you love me. Because I know how my attitude was last night, but I know you do. And when I ask you, you don't hold my sins against me. And it's amazing to me how much you love me, even when I do good and do bad. And I just view all the things that I have. The fact that I have breath in my lungs and clothes on my back is mercy. We find all the things in our lives that aren't good, don't we? But I don't gratefully sacrifice and completely surrender because I won't look at God's mercy. I look at God's holdings. I think God is holding out on me. God gave you breath today. God, God allows me to come to church freely. It is amazing. And I find all the things that I think is going wrong and I don't realize what an amazing God we serve. And so my will is pulled by wanting more. My, my mind is then pulled by trying to find out how to get it and my body goes and does it. And it's a constant problem because it's a transformer issue. What is being pulled in is not what's good, and so what shoots out is not good at all. 
And it's because I am conformed to this world and not transformed by the renewing of my mind that by testing it, I may discern what is the will of God. What is the will of God? Y'all remember ghost stories? Who's the one that lives inside of you? If you're saved, by the way, the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Like, think about this for a second. The Holy Spirit of the living God, the one that created all things and out of his mouth shot light and made you. He lives inside of you. And when I want to know what I should do with my life, guess what I can do? I can ask the one that's inside of me who should be controlling my will. But instead, I've kind of said, all right, God, what's up? Me and you, we're cool. But I just want to kind of do my own thing right now, if that's cool. So just kind of sit to the side and we'll be good for a minute. If I want to know the will of God, this is the vehicle. Paul gave us a a guideline to go with it. What is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, this is where I need y'all, okay? For the last few minutes of this message, this is where I need y'all. We are all conformers or transformers. And the thing that I wrestle with God this week is which one are we? Which one are we? Are we conformers? Are we transformers? Let me just give you a verse in in Isaiah that kind of shows why I believe the problem is and where it lies. It says, and in that day, his burden will depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of the fat. Now, let me explain what the yoke is. The yoke for all of us. Y'all remember the yoke in the transformer, by the way? Every one of you either currently have a yoke or a yoke has been broken not too long ago or quite a long time ago when it comes to sin and when it comes to your will. All of you have a yoke around you. So when oxen are little, they put a yoke around them, and it's because it's comforting to them, and it's something that they go toward. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. It is something we are drawn to. It comforts us, and it's something that pleases the will, which controls the mind, which controls the body, which is a never-ending cycle, which is like, I want to stop this crap. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why do I do this? I, don't, I do what I don't want to do all the time, and I don't want to do it. And What's the problem? It's because I'm yoked. I'm strapped in. I am chained. I'm locked up. And I look at myself and say, my mind says I'm going to stop. I'm done with it. I'm throwing it away. I'm never thinking this, doing this, saying this again. I'm done with it. I'm done with this struggle. And your mind is strongly telling you that it's going to talk to your will, but your will's never been surrendered to a holy God. And so we walk out and we say, I'm going to be a transformer. I raise my white flag. I surrender all to him. And in return, what really happens is on Monday morning, we're conformers. Here's what a conformer is. I find this fascinating. Here's what a conformer is. A conformer is someone who follows the rules. Who follows the rules. (laughs) See, this is what I think is so fascinating. Everybody that doesn't follow the rules is actually following the rules. Everybody that does the things that the world says to do is actually the ones that are just following, going with the flow. They're the same and going upstream. They're not the ones that are, that are doing what they're not supposed to. They're all the ones that are doing what, what this world has to offer. And then we say, yeah, but I'm rebelling. I'm the rebels, right? And the rebels are the transformers. Those are the rebels. To transform means to change, to metamorphosize as a butterfly does, completely 
and totally change what we receive in and then we shoot out. So I'm going to sit for the rest of this message. We are not bringing up a piano because this is when it gets a little personal. All right. And this is what I battle with all week. But this is it. I believe that God has set this place up for an amazing move. And I have told y'all for weeks, I believe we're on the cusp of seeing God's hand move in such a way that we change the world. <clears throat> before Christmas, I, I was talking to the staff, I think it was two days before our Christmas Eve service, and I said, I feel like God's doing so much, so what's the problem? Why are we really not growing? Because our worship is fantastic. I'm trying my hardest to preach well. I think our kids' area is fantastic. Our volunteer culture is good. Our culture in here is good. What's the problem? And we didn't know, did we? We had no clue. We threw our hands up and said, I don't know. I, I just think we got to keep doing what we're doing. I felt very led to do a Holy Spirit message, which is very unlike a, a Baptist kid because uh, we're not allowed to talk about the Holy Spirit. But God moved in my heart, and I felt clear that this is what we were supposed to do. <clears throat> So we did that, and I was so excited about this, and I was like, man, that's just cool, right? It's Optimus Prime. It's amazing. <clears throat> and I just said, but what is, what is it? God has pulled me to fast, and I've held it off, and I'm not holding it off anymore. And I've been uneasy all week for this very reason. I believe this is just the truth, and I love you, and if you think I'm talking to you personally, you've missed the whole point. But I believe if we were to truly look in, as a family, we would look at ourselves, and if we were honest, we would say, this church is a bunch of conformers, made up of a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. This church is conformers, and the reason that I believe that is because a story that I was told, not as a result of this, but it was such a beautiful picture of a story I was told this week by a friend who is a missionary, and while he was in China... Last year, he met a guy, and for four days, he witnessed to him, every day. Told him about the gospel, the guy was kind of close to it. Told him about the gospel, the guy was kind of close to it. On the fourth day, he gave him a New Testament Bible. And like we do with books, he opened it to the front, started reading Matthew, got to chapter 5, and the next day he said, hey man, what's this light? Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it explains that, and you should look it up, the salt and the light. And he said, I want this light. And God captured his heart, not by a great message, but by his word that never returns void. It's amazing. And so in Shanghai, China, he prayed and trusted Christ and they continue to talk. And now this is where I want y'all to understand that I believe God is drawing the line in the sand with my heart and why I've been so heavy on this this week. He didn't stop with I want this light. 20 minutes after their conversation, and I want you to think about you not anybody else, 20 minutes after their conversation had started. And he said, I want this light. He said, I want to be this light. See, I believe in the consumerism church that America is today, which definitely includes Four Points Church. We're good with Christianity as long as it's convenient for us. As long as it doesn't put us out, as long as it doesn't make us have struggles during the week that is unforeseen because it gets in our way, we're good with it. But we do not transform by the renewing of our minds, souls, and bodies. Matter of fact, we conform. 
we look the part. For us, we dress the part, right? Because we're in nice jeans and whatever we decide to wear on top. We raise our hands and we raise our white flag while we sing. But the truth is, when we leave, we want the light. We just don't want to be the light. Here's the deal. You cannot have one without the other. Because here's what happens to this thing right here if it never gives off any of the power. It is made to receive a great deal of power. By the way, the power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that lives inside of you. That is a tremendous amount of power. But God did not call you to receive the power and stay there. Christians, this is for you and four-pointers. Honestly, this is for you. God called you to receive the power and then give off the power. God called you to receive the power and give off the power. Receive the power, give off the power. Every single one of us are called, and yet, this is it. When I look out and I see what I see in me and in you, what I see is people are really okay with the culture of sex in this country. And we're cool that you can have sex outside of marriage and live together and do whatever we want to do, and it's really okay. Guys, here's the thing. We have shirts that say it's okay not to be okay. <clears throat> and that's the truth. You don't have to come to God and clean up. But it's not okay to stay there. It's not. And I'm saying today enough's enough. I'm tired of people looking at the church, and this is capital C, not just four points, and saying, I look just like them. Here's the truth. They are right. They are right. We gossip as a result of the hate in our heart that we have never forgiven people. We gossip because we don't feel good enough about ourselves because we don't believe God fearfully and wonderfully made us. And we never, not sometimes, we never give God all of us. To give money to God, seriously? Like, how would he ask me to sacrifice that much? And then I consider that it's all his. That it all comes from God. And it is an amazing convenience that God allows me to have his money. Not an inconvenience that he asked me for 10% back as a baseline. But to ask the church for money, God forbid. Who am I to ask for that? Because we're conformers. We're conformers. The way we talk to our spouses is borderline disgusting. It's, it's sad because we have to be right. And when we're kind, we do it with strings attached. And when we love, we do it with strings attached. So guys, this is why I struggled so bad this week. I love you guys so much. I really do. I literally wept over this message. I, I stayed up till 4 a.m. I'm not joking with you. Most nights this week. Because it's heavy. And because I felt like it would come across so demeaning. But I finally said, God, this is yours. And this is the deal. At the end of my life, <clears throat> I will answer for the way that I lead my home. And I will answer for the way that I lead this church as God's man for this house. And today, I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And for some of you, that means that you may be really upset. But guys, just look at me in the face, please, right now. I'm, I'm saying today, let's grow up.
and stop having to have what's ours. And let's look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I will not be a conformer any longer to the pattern of this world. So when I see on television the girl on Duck Dynasty that says she's a virgin and they, they ridicule her and say she's an idiot. And we go along with everything that they think and everything that they do. There was a council in, um, in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 that said there's, there's three, really four things, but one kind of combines together that you shouldn't do. Eat, eat uh, food that has been strangled with blood. Blood and strangled are really two. Eat food that was given to idols and perform acts of sexual immorality. And the reason is the Jews have 613 mitzvahs or laws, and they were like, look, these pagans, these Gentiles, that's us. They are crazy. Let's just get them to do what doesn't defile their body and their mind and their soul. Let's get them not to defile themselves and not add a bunch of extra laws. What defiles us? Our love for money, man. The fact that we get so envious and greedy toward other people when they are blessed rather than praise the Lord that people are blessed in our church and understand that God has given me what exactly he wants to give me. And we see others and see that happen and we begin to gossip and then we find hate brewing in our hearts. And our minds begin to control our bodies because our will is so far from God. And as a result, men, we're controlled by our eyes and we slip into a world that we never intend to slip in and pornography starts tearing us up. If, if we're lucky in here, one out of two of you watch pornography this week. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. We're drawing the line in the sand as a body, and we're saying we're no longer conforming to the pattern of this world and saying that's good. Sex outside of marriage no longer acceptable in this house. Because here's what God rocked my house with is in the churches in Revelation, there was a consistency that they worked hard and they loved, but they tolerated certain things. Guys, this has nothing to do with my love for you or your ability to come to this church. You can come to this church and we will love you. We're not going to dig and dig and dig. I mean us, not you. We have to stop. Because this is it and I'm done. <laughs> this is what I've been battling with all week. Why do they want what we have? Why do we really have the hope of glory inside of us? Why would they want our power and our light? We raise our white flags, but for what end? For what end? And this is the offering that I have for you today. It's very simple. We're going to do this really different. I, on purpose, didn't ask Travis to come up and play the keys and try to get Pentecostal and be emotional because I want to absolutely let this be you and God. If you are not being pulled by the Holy Spirit, if God is not showing you things right now, that you need to surrender gratefully sacrificing yourself to God in front of all of your friends, then I'm asking you to stay seated. If by all means you get up for me, my feelings will be hurt because you, did, you missed the whole point. If you ever do anything for me, I'm going to fail you. I'm Mark. I'm not God. But what if we ever, as a body, I just wonder if we ever as a body just came down here and said, we're giving everything to you, God, today. It is yours. It is no longer mine. 
I don't want you to just control my mind. I want you to be the boss of my will. I surrender all to you. And that song was perfect this morning. I'm raising my white flag of my heart and mind and body, and I'm giving everything to you today. Guys, you know you. You know where you are. And this is the bottom line that I would ask you. A Chinese man that had been saved for 20 minutes said, I don't just want the light. I want to be the light. I wonder if that's ever been us or if we've taken half of the gospel and said, that's what I want. I want the light because I don't want to go to hell. That's not good enough. Now that is salvation, but he draws you near. And that pulling, that magneticism, that's what's so beautiful about Jesus. Is he comes in and then he shoots out. And that's how he re redeems the entire world to himself is through you. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Guess who that light is? That is you. I wonder today when people look in if they see a light or they see darkness. If they see transformers or conformers. And guys, for everybody that would be honest enough to say, Pastor Mark, I'm a conformer. Just straight up. That's me. I'm being real. The first person that needs this is me. There's so many things in my life that I need to confess to God and I need to make right. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that is not you, I'm asking you to stay in your seat. But if it is, with no music playing, with no Pentecostal flair that I normally love to have, I'm asking you to stand to your feet right now and make this your altar. And just down here, on your face, Travis is going to play in just a minute, but I'm asking every single person that this is you to just come down here and make this your altar. And if God is not pulling on your heart, you stay in your seat and continue to be where you are. As you pray, there's two things that I want to say to you. <clears throat> some, of you some of you may need to say, for the first time in my life, I want the light. Jesus said, for those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to be called the righteousness of God are the sons and daughters of the King. And for you today, that is as simple as what you're doing right now. It's an expression of faith by saying, Jesus, I surrender all to you and I want your light in me. And then for all those of you that have received the light, some of you in this room, and you may still be seated, I want to be the light. And then there's others of you that would just say, my pride is too big and I choose to continue in darkness. And that's your three choices. And just because you're seated doesn't mean that because many of you are walking with God. But if the first one is you and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, the only thing that I want you to do today is take in your worship guide and just check the box that says, I, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior today by believing in my heart. And I want to give my all to him. But guys, this is my request today. <clears throat> Whatever it is that's holding it back, 
break that chain because here is why we have freedom. So many of us, when I said that grateful sacrifice seems so weird, doesn't it? Here's what God does is he replaces your yoke and burden and chains and gives you hope and freedom and a future. And the freedom that we find in Jesus Christ is not our ability to conform, but the fact that I do not have to be that any longer. That he has given me the hope to change, not on my own merit, but on the fact that I can surrender every single morning by his mercies and offer my mind, body, and will to him. And that is freedom. Freedom is calling every single one of you. And I believe God is about to start a journey in many of your lives that is unlike anything we've ever seen before. God, as we stand here, we're not even going to move. We're going to sing where we're standing in just a minute. If God, I believe you want us to draw the line in the sand in our homes and in our hearts and no longer be satisfied with being conformers. God, I believe so many times in my life that people look at me and they say, that dude, he says he's a preacher, but he yells at me when I cut him off in a traffic jam. God, I no longer want to be seen as not your light. Here's the beauty, God, of your gospel is it is not what I do that makes me who I am. It is why I do what I do. I cannot be the light, God, because I have it in my mind to do it because eventually the darkness will creep in because of my inside and who I am. The only way I can live for you and the only reason I should live for you is because you live for me and out of me flows you and that is how you bring the world to yourself. God, this isn't a call to do good enough so you love us, you love us no matter what. It's because of that love that we lay on our faces before you and say, God, we no longer want to be conformed to this world, but be transformed every day by the renewing of our minds. And so, God, I pray for homes in this place that you'll break every chain and that our yoke will be your yoke and that our core will be your core and we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us, but we won't just receive it. We will throw it out to the world every day because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Where you are, you can keep praying. Pray as long as you would like, but we're gonna worship together a song that I think could not be more fitting today. And so just stand where you are if you want to stand and keep kneeling if you want to kneel. And as a church, let's just pray and sing right now.